Welcome to Dream Business Radio, the place to create your dream business now. Get ready for some inspiration, some encouragement, some proven business building strategies, and a couple of new ideas that you haven't even thought of. It's time to leave slow and steady as she goes to the other entrepreneurs, because this program is all about speed and fast results. And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach. Welcome to another fantastic interview. Um, I want to introduce you to Jennifer Lee. She is the founder of Graceful and Gumption. What a cool name. Jennifer, Jennifer Lee, as I said, founder of Graceful and Consumption, wasn't always the pit bull in a dress that she is today. After a difficult pregnancy, a traumatic surgery shortly after, and a divorce, she sold the skincare company that she had founded for a dollar and walked away from everything she had known. With $5 in her pocket, she shook off the dust on the road, got back into connecting and uh, helping people who have had similar experiences to hers and, and help them overcome their setbacks and tragedies, along with her personal experiences, her background in hospice and palliative go I knew I'd mess that one up palliative care she can correct me later medicine left her uniquely suited to handle everything from difficult conversations surrounding end-of-life care with families and patients to simply offering a shot of confidence and self-love during difficult times as a consultant today Jennifer has the privilege of coaching businesses and individuals as they transform their culture and operations as well as formulate and execute strategic plans and manage crises whether personally or professionally jennifer is committed to helping people live up to their potential by embracing the unknown with confidence how are you doing today jennifer i'm doing great thank you so much for having me sure okay first things first how badly did i mangle that word after hospice is that palliative, <laughs> <laughs> palliative care yeah there you go close enough oh my goodness um so you've you've had um I mean, I, I've I've got your one sheet, and I see your picture. You you don't look that old. I'm not going to ask you how old you are, but you don't look that old to have so much experience, real life experience, and in, in some pretty tough situations. I I do get that a lot. Uh, I think that it's a catch twenty two. I mean, I tell people all the time, I I am thirty two. I sometimes look like I'm sixteen if I'm dressed down, mm -hmm. and. On the flip side of it, I've lived more than most have at 45. So based on life experience and wisdom, I'm way above the threshold. But uh, I'm also very blessed to still feel young and have so much life to still live well, up to. You know, I read in the bio that um, you went through a uh, difficult pregnancy, surgery, divorce, and, and sold a business. What time frame did all that happen in? <laughs> pretty much one year uh oh if, if you put it all together my boys were two uh, i have twin boys and i started the company when they were four months old i think looking back i was probably pretty crazy to do that but they were about two years old when my ex and i decided to part ways and i went through a surgery literally got divorced and uh sold a company all within one year Oh my goodness. Um, that's, well, we have twins, we have twin girls, but that's, ah. uh, yeah, that's quite a, and we had the uh, twin girls. I believe our, our older sons were three and six. So talk about a handful. I don't know how my wife ever managed that, but 
what a what a handful. And then you started a business when they were four months old? I did. I did. It was pretty crazy. But I kind of feel like that's just how I am. I've learned throughout the years I'm either go big or go home. So I tend to just do it all at one time and I'm fantastic under pressure, hence being great with crisis management. <laughs> or I'm just kind of like not doing it at all. So I definitely jumped in with that. And so everything kind of crashed. You sold your business and um, what, uh, so you're, you're a consultant now. Is that your main business? I am. So I do work with businesses and people personally on many levels, but typically one of the strong suits is just kind of taking everything I went through and helping people on that level and show them here's some easy tools. This is what you can do to get through it because that's life. I mean, we're always having things thrown at us and giving us those curveball moments. Yeah. I really think we go through things for a reason. And one of the best reasons to go through it, if, if there's a best reason to go through crap is so you can help other people. And um, so that's, that's pretty interesting that you're, you look backwards in, in order to look forwards. Absolutely. I mean, I, I do look back and especially in the last three years, there's, you know, definitely a handful of people that stick out for me and were very pivotal in helping me get from point A to point B and connecting the dots. And I think it's also important to recognize that nothing in our lives is permanent. I mean, anything can be taken from us at any time, um, whether that's a crisis, whether that's someone maybe passing um, unexpectedly, whatever the case may be, people being diagnosed with things left and right nowadays. So. I think it's just kind of taking all of that and recognizing that you do need people. And I don't really think I knew that back then. Yeah. So. When you, so when you, when you had your twins and they were four months and you started your, your skincare business, was that the first business? Was that your first, or did you have, were you like a corporate person before that or? <clears throat> yep. So I started my career when I was 21 in hospice and it was, uh, huge moment for me. I love medicine. My mom comes from the medical world. So I started in hospice, but I quickly realized that I had this drive and work ethic like nobody's business. And I wasn't competitive with anyone else, but I was competitive with myself. And I always had that entrepreneur spirit, but I did work in corporate America. So I worked in hospice and I worked for large hospitals and companies and it was great. And they always kind of gave you that autonomy to do what I do best, which was pretty neat. And it did feel like I had my own business within this corporate company. But then I had my boys and I had a very difficult pregnancy. And I found myself in unknown territory. And being very career driven, I always was kind of like, okay, how am I going to do this? And hospice is 365, 24-7. And my patients were always needing me. And then I realized, okay, well, how do I work 80 hours and have twin boys and run my household. So I started a company basically for myself, a skincare line that was free of chemicals and all organic because I had sensitive skin. And it basically took off and it was word of mouth. And it was my first company though. Hmm, that's so cool. So um, just out of curiosity, how's that company doing today? I have no clue. <laughs> no clue, you just kind of walked away. Yeah, I mean, it pretty much was just accepting that I did fail at not having it succeed, but that's also part of being an entrepreneur and learning and 
going through that and understanding other business people, it's, it's part of the process. Many people fail at their first few businesses before they really catch a break and something really sticks. So I had to kind of come to terms with that. Mm -hmm. So I guess um, you probably learned a lot working in, in hospice and things like that about traumatic events. And um, I don't think you have to be in, in hospice or deal with death necessary to uh, experience traumatic events in your life. Is that a lot of what your coaching is about today or where well, how does most of your work, what does that look like? I do think that hospice has shaped me as a person professionally and personally, just how I react to things and how I live my life and understand trauma and understand that things can be taken from you and how to be resilient and move forward. I do use that as part of working with clients, whether it's companies or whether it's people and really showing them the tools and how they can move forward and that could be losing a loved one or losing a child, uh, going through a divorce, any type of trauma to companies that, you know, have been around for years, but they don't know how to keep up with 2018 and 2019. And how do they build that culture and how do they change things when people are so, you know, very just complacent and stuck in their ways and they don't really know how to do that. And, um, or, you know, sometimes it's firing people. <laughs> um, it, a lot of crisis situations get thrown my way all the time. And I just feel like I've had a, a wonderful gift through hospice to be able to use that now. But I would say a lot of crisis. Yeah. And I know you do with a lot of, you deal with um, uh, clients who need help with uh, emotional resilience and things like that. Is that also from just your, your background? Is it all from your experience? Is that kind of what led you down that path? I definitely think it's, a lot of life experience for sure. I feel like I had a few people in my life that were very pivotal in the fact of helping me, but most of it was me. I mean, most of it was I kept falling and I got back up and no matter what I got back up and I kept going and I had my kids constantly in the back of my mind, keeping me going and knowing that I couldn't give up no matter what. And I was in some pretty crazy scenarios, but I, somehow managed through it and I think that my biggest piece now going into this year is okay how can I help more people on a broader scale to show them that they're not alone and bring more depth into the world and connect more people so that they have a little bit more resources because I, I don't really feel like I had that I didn't I didn't really have any resources I didn't have anybody to turn to mm. what do you think it means to be high maintenance well, um, I wrote this really cool article a couple months ago about it, and I get that a lot. And I think that high maintenance is just a negative connotation for you're too much. And I kind of took the word and did a spin on it. And I feel like I am high maintenance, but I'm high maintenance with my standards and with my mind. And you know, being out there and, and being a female entrepreneur, I don't necessarily think it's easy. The first thing people do is they look at you to your point, they look at your age and they're like, well, but you can't be old enough to know what you're talking about. Or you, you know, like you dress too nice or you're too this or too that, or you must spend a lot of money on yourself. And I think you can be put together and not be any of those things, but you have eight seconds nowadays to make an impression on somebody and you get labeled that quite often. So I took it and 
I just think it's about your mind and what you want out of life. And it's okay to be high maintenance. So I'm trying to change the stigma a little bit. Mm. So, um, so you have the twin kids and you got the business and as you say, you run the household now and things like that. How do you find time to get, get everything done? Are you a productivity expert? Or? <laughs> I do do a little bit of that. I help people and companies be more efficient in maximizing every minute of the day. If you asked my kids what I say the most, it's probably, I don't have time for that. <laughs> um, so I do think it's very important to understand your value and understand that every minute does count. And I think that it's just as important to maximize, you know, from 10 to 11 during the day, just as much as it is at night, you know, from eight to nine. And I tell people all the time, you have to find that balance between these are my most productive hours of the day. So I'm going to just work like crazy and get as much done. But then at the same time, make sure that you're balancing time for yourself or time with your family. And I think the problem nowadays, is everybody's glued to technology. So are you really being present with your wife or your husband or your kids or are, is your mind somewhere else? And I get that a lot. A lot of times people are there, but they're not really there. So how do you help people to help people with that? Do you have any suggestions? Because that's certainly a big, a big deal for a lot of people. I think a lot of it is just some simple exercises. And I think a lot of it just comes down to your mindset. So the problem now is a lot of entrepreneurs too, they don't really have the typical office anymore. So before it was, you know, leave everything at, at the at the office and come in the door and you're fine. But now everyone has an office at home and their phone is all around them. So I'm a big believer in putting do not disturb on. One of the things that I've done since my kids were born was I trained my staff and, and anybody who worked with me and any type of um, level that from five to seven was my time as a mom. And anything after seven, like I would check it again but I had to learn that if it wasn't a true crisis or an emergency, just let it go to the next day. And so I used to put my phone in my closet upside down so that I knew I would not go near it from five to seven. And that allowed me to have that quality time with my kids and eat a meal with them and be present and dance with them after dinner. So I, I think that's a big one is you have to put your phone away or put it on do not disturb because most of us, are working from our phones now. You know, it's interesting that um, you share so much about your personal life, which is in a way part of your calling, I think. So how does vulnerability allow someone to, you know, how, how do you teach people to be as vulnerable as you've been? Um, I don't think it's easy. I think vulnerability is so needed in the world right now and it's so important. And I do think it is my calling to help with that, but it hasn't been easy for me. And I think going through, trauma after trauma after trauma, I learned that I had to be vulnerable and I had to ask for help, which was not really something I've ever done until I was 28. But I think it's important that people start to kind of peel back the layers and it doesn't have to go from zero to 60, but it does have to, like you can start by asking simple questions. So typically someone will say, how are you doing? And the normal response is I'm doing good really doing good you're just trying to do your best it's to kind of cover reply, it up right? it's like an automatic reply 
Yeah. So sometimes it's stopping yourself and saying, you know what, I'm really not doing good, but I know I'm going to get through this and maybe just sharing a sentence or two about something. That's a really great way to kind of just start it. But I think people, it's just too quick, right? It's just everything's so automated and everything's just generated. Like now, even when you write an email, it, it's kind of populates it for you. Have a great day or I'm doing good. So it's kind of, it's kind of taking away the easy way and you have to kind of reprogram your brain to be like, you know what, I need to go deeper into this. And it's not easy, but it is something that can be learned. Do people, um, do they approach you in your business if, if they've had a traumatic event or do they find through conversation that you've had these traumatic events and do they then open up? I'm curious about the timing of some of that. Every, um, several different ways, but I will say usually it's just through networking. I'm a huge believer and you have to be out there and you have to be meeting people and putting yourself out there uh, to just kind of continue to meet people. But usually I'll meet someone or a lot of my clients are word of mouth because they have worked with me and then they will recommend to someone else and say, you know what, I do feel comfortable with this person, but I'm a big believer in you have literally one minute to connect with somebody on a deeper level and keep it going. So it's either going to be surface level or it's going to go deep and it's going to go fairly quickly. And when you have that instant connection and someone feels safe, that's when they can be vulnerable and they can start sharing things and go a little bit on that level and start to open up. But usually I can intuitively kind of tell where someone's at, which is an amazing gift as well. And kind of, let them talk, but also just uh, slowly be empathetic and, and see if we can get to a place of actually starting to work on things together. So do you spend time with your clients, Jennifer, um, helping them to live more confidently or, I mean, is that part of what you do? Part of it, yeah. I mean, like I've had some clients that are wonderful friends of mine now, but I had a few gentlemen that went through a divorce and you know, they didn't know what to do. They're very successful in their career, but they didn't know what to do with their house. They didn't know what they wanted to do with their life. They hadn't dated in 20 years. And so they were trying to figure out, okay, what's next? And part of that is a lot of internal work that I help them do, but I kind of just give them the tools and they do it on their own, but I'm just kind of there to help them go deeper and figure out what's really going on and how do they want to change their life or maybe they want to get out of a nasty cycle of going after the same type of person over and over that is no good for them. Wow. What's so I'm curious in your, um, your information packet that, uh, that your company sent me, what's the difference between alpha feminine and alpha masculine women? <laughs> I've never heard of those terms before. So pretty much like in the last year, I've kind of come up with it as I've worked with so many clients and here's my simple breakdown. So there's kind of this box of people that I've created and people can change. Usually I've found that they change every three to five years a little bit and not everybody has to, but for example, um, someone can, a female can go from alpha masculine to alpha feminine. And what that means is that 
they are partnered with somebody and the shift has taken place. So I'll use myself, for example. I used to be alpha masculine. So I was the one who was just like gung-ho, doing everything, running the house, just like a light bulb was going to burn out. And then I switched gears and I I transitioned to, I, I really like my natural state is to be alpha feminine, but I never really trusted anybody in my life to take care of me. So that's why I was always alpha masculine. And then I kind of had to reprogram myself to be alpha feminine. And what that means is the person that would work best for me in a romantic relationship is alpha masculine now. So before it would never work, but it's really kind of understanding your behaviors and where you are and understanding who you're going after. So that's, and again, it, it's kind of like a little bit of a lengthy process, but it's kind of really fascinating to understand who you are and then who your partner is. And it helps you just really respect them more. Who, who, so uh, last question, who do you enjoy working with most? Do you enjoy working with men or women or is it 50, 50 or like what, what if in your dream business, who do you, who do you help more of? Um, I would say naturally I gravitate towards more male clients. I don't have a preference per se, but I think everyone's just different. I think just my personality, I'm pretty transparent and I don't know if it's just from the East coast or what, but, um, but I kind of just lay it out there and I don't sugarcoat anything. So I do find that my, my clients, I typically resonate more with male clients. Um, however, I do have female clients as well. And I love working with women. I just think that most of my clients are men. That's awesome. Jennifer, how can people connect with you and uh, learn more about you and, and what you offer? Um, so my website is gracefulandgumption.com. And I thought that was an appropriate name for my blog and my company, just everything that I went through. Um, I am on Instagram as well under Graceful and Gumption, and you can always reach out on my website and connect that way too. Perfect. Hey, thanks for, thanks for coming on. It's a pretty interesting conversation. I, I wish you a lot of, a lot of success. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. It. Hey folks, that wraps up this very special interview with Jennifer Lee, the founder of Graceful and Gumption and connect with her at gracefulandgumption.com. My name is Captain Jim Palmer. I am the Dream Business Coach. Until next week, another great interview. You take good care. Now it's time to go implement what you've learned. Great ideas are nice, but results only happen through action and implementation. So stay focused. Kick all distractions to the curb. Sleep a little less if you have to. And create your dream business now so you too can live your dream lifestyle. To learn about building your dream business, join Jim's free Dream Business Facebook community at dreambizgroup.com. That's dreambizgroup.com. See you next week for more Dream Business Radio.